Brinkwide, Vancouver, Jeff Patterson here with you. This is a part of our summer sessions, although we're in September. So, I mean, I guess technically still summer, but uh, we flipped the calendar. We're working our way to the start of the new hockey season. Uh, we are getting there slowly, still a couple of weeks away from anything that truly resembles organized games or practices for the Vancouver Canucks. Young Stars, I guess, would be the first thing up in Penticton. That's uh, two weeks out. And then beyond that, uh, main training camp over in Victoria. Rinkwide Vancouver, a presentation of Bodog, Canada's choice for casino games, poker tips, and sports odds. Patrick Johnson of the province and Post Media, a regular here on Rinkwide. Uh, he'll stop by a little bit later on. We'll get his thoughts on, uh, hasn't been a terribly newsworthy week for the Vancouver Canucks, late August uh, into September, so maybe not a huge surprise there, but we always have things to talk about. That's how we roll here at Rinkwide. I mean, Rick Tockett spoke to Ian McIntyre of Sportsnet in a Q&A with the head coach. There were a few nuggets in there. Uh, we heard from the agent for Andre Kuzmenko and Ilya Mikheyev. Dan Milstein was on Sakaris and Price. Uh, look, if you haven't heard it, and you've got some time on this long weekend, and that's what long weekends are all about, uh, kick back, put your feet up, and listen to podcasts. Uh, but do yourself a favor. Milstein was in fine form. This guy is highly engaging, has really climbed the ranks pretty rapidly, and has become a household name now in hockey. Like two years ago, I don't know if you'd said Dan Milstein. I don't think a lot of people would have known. Uh, this guy's got this massive stable. Obviously, he has uh, most of the, the Russian star power in the National Hockey League, including, uh, as we said, Mikheyev and Kuzmenko on the, on the Canucks roster. Danila Dilna, Klimovich also... Uh, Canuck, or at least Canuck property. He's a Milstein client. But it was a terrific insight about Andre Kuzmenko and his off-season workout and Ilya Mikheyev, an update there uh, on his recovery. And I, I do think that there was a little bit of a red flag, at the very least, from Milstein when he said, hopefully, Mikheyev will be ready for the start of the season. Now, three weeks away from training camp and another three weeks beyond that, October 11th is opening night. So, you know, there's still time in the recovery process here. But listening to Milstein, it kind of gave me a little bit of pause for anybody that thinks, oh, well, uh, Ilya Mikheyev is going to show up, you know, and he's going to be good to go. This is a serious knee injury. like Reconstructive knee surgery. Uh, I know that it gets performed and modern science has come a long way. And this thing has been done on other athletes and they have returned. But there are a lot of cautionary notes as well. And so for a guy like Mikheyev, who, you know, his meal ticket is his speed, uh, you wonder you know, how quickly can he get back to 100%? Can he ever get back to fully 100%? And how long might it take him? Is he going to have to ease his way in? We know that the NHL isn't any place that anybody wants to ease their way into anything. So, you know, clearly a guy that's going to be under a microscope here coming off uh, a reasonable first season. And when you think about the production level of Ilya Mikheyev last year, doing it on a bum knee as well, like we didn't ever get the full Ilya Mikheyev experience here in Vancouver was signed to help on the penalty kill and, uh, you know, hurt in the preseason, his opening preseason. First time he ever really threw on a Canuck uniform in game action, uh, got hurt in the preseason game against Calgary and was never the same. And let's hope that he can get back to being the old Ilya Mikheyev that was among the fastest players in the National Hockey League. So uh, I would highly recommend you go back, uh, check out uh, Sakaris and Price from Tuesday of this week with Dan Milstein of Gold Star Sports. Uh, terrific interview. Uh, good sense of humor and uh, fills in a lot of the blanks about uh, a couple of his clients in the Vancouver Canuck stable. Uh, speaking of the Canucks, there were a few regulars that were taking part in Troy Stetcher's pro camp. That was going on out in Richmond this past week. Uh, fundraiser for diabetes. Uh, lost his father a couple of years ago. 
and uh, is doing his part now to bring awareness and trying to raise some funds uh, to support uh, Diabetes Canada. So good on Stetch, one of the good guys, uh, uh, still popular in these parts, even though he's moved on, uh, going back to Arizona, uh, signed with the Coyotes, second tour of duty there after leaving Vancouver, of course, Detroit, Arizona, a cup of coffee there in Calgary after the trade deadline, and back to the desert and it'll be interesting to see what kind of team they uh, ice down in Arizona. So many off-ice questions. Uh, you almost lose focus about the team on the ice itself. But uh, Matt Dumba signed there. They pick up Sean Dersey from Los Angeles for a second rounder. Troy Stetcher. Like, that's the right side of their defense. Uh, that is not the worst right side in the National Hockey League. And is there enough there? They convinced Logan Cooley to turn pro. Uh, Clayton Keller is sort of the... You know, the unknown superstar in the National Hockey League that nobody talks about, really, but had an incredible season last year. Uh, and I would expect that uh, hopes are high that he'll do it again uh, this time around. So they're always a sort of fascinating side story, usually a side show. But I'm really curious to see if, uh, like, much like the Canucks, I mean, at some point you want to believe that you've been drafting high all these years that you will get some traction. And maybe this is the year that uh, things start to progress and move in the right direction for the Arizona Coyotes. And certainly there are a lot of people in these parts that are hoping this is the year, finally, that the Vancouver Canucks make a little bit of traction and some headway. And maybe, just maybe, they are a playoff team. Uh, I've seen that a couple other prospects are playing preseason games over in Europe. So I know that uh, they get started a little earlier in the calendar over there than uh, we do over here. So, yes, hockey is being played in other parts of the world, uh, but just not quite yet here. Uh, Just people already know this is out there, but just a reminder, young stars in Penticton, it's the Canucks, it's the Flames, it's the Oilers, it's the Jets, the four Western Canadian teams uh, bringing in their young players. Uh, September 15th to 18th. So as we record this uh, heading into the Labor Day long weekend, essentially we're two weeks out from Young Stars. And then training camp for the Canucks this year in Victoria starts on the 21st and is set to run through the 25th, although they play a preseason game in Calgary on September 24th. So we'll see how that impacts uh, the back end of training camp. Uh, I would think once they break camp for a preseason game, you know, there's not a whole lot left to do over on the island. Uh, this is one of those years where they're not playing. The last time they had training camp in Victoria, they played a game. Played the Flames, a split squad game. I remember that was the night that uh, they finally got Brock Besser signed to uh, the contract that we've all been talking about now for a couple of seasons. But uh, there was a preseason game in Victoria. That's not happening this year. And I had forgot until I looked uh, again at the preseason schedule. Six preseason games this year. Uh, starts in Calgary. Then in Edmonton and then Seattle. The first three are all on the road. The final three preseason games are at home starting September 30th against the Edmonton Oilers. And that's the first night that uh, we'll see that giant new video board in action, provided that uh, they've got all the pieces (laughs) in place. And uh, It's where it's supposed to be, of course, uh, the issue earlier this week with the Drake concert. But uh, essentially a month left uh, for the Canucks to uh, figure all of that out. And when I say the final three preseason games are at home, uh, two of them at Rogers Arena and one out in Abbotsford against the Seattle Kraken. So, yeah, we're getting there. Uh, we are getting there slowly, but surely opening night for the Canucks, uh, October 11th against the Edmonton Oilers. Patrick Johnson of Post Media is going to stop by here in a sec. I uh, want to pick his brain and some thoughts about the formations the Canucks may use on the power play. Rick Tockett talked about the power play. Uh, going to have a lot of different hands on in terms of coaching 
Uh, but I'm, and that sort of interests me. But I, I'm more intrigued by, you know, Bo Horvat's not here. Bo Horvat was here at the start of last season. Bo Horvat was a power play ace in the middle of the ice. Uh, they haven't been able to replace him, and I just wonder: is the replacement, uh, you know, one of the guys that was already on power play one, but maybe in a different uh, spot on the ice, or you know, do they find somebody that uh, wasn't getting the opportunity on the first unit? and find a way to slide him in. But I am going to be fascinated to see what uh, all these hockey minds can uh, do to come together and, and find a way to get the Canucks power play humming. Because I think the component parts, when you've got Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes and J.T. Miller and Andre Kuzmenko, I mean, there's four guys, uh, it should be a really good power play again this season. But, you know, how are they going to line them up? Who's going to be uh, where on the ice? And I do. Really, I am curious about uh, the bumper spot. Uh, maybe Miller? Maybe Elias Patterson? Uh, whatever the case, they've got some time to work all of that out. But uh, we'll talk about that with uh, PJ, among other things. Uh, Rink Wide, a presentation of the Applewood Auto Group, which is the official auto partner of Rink Wide Vancouver. The Applewood Auto Group stands behind its mission of creating lasting change in our community. Get the best in class experience only the Applewood Auto Group can deliver. You're listening to Rink Wide Vancouver. The BC Lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday, November 4th at BC Place, kickoff at 3.30 p.m. Looking forward to this one, playoff football, BC Place, the Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them, the dome will be rocking, should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com and check this out. They start at just 30 bucks. And kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome. Applewood Auto Group is celebrating 25 years of business, making the car business and our communities better. Applewood offers the best in-class experience, whether you're looking for a car, service, or to join our team. Come find out why it's all good at Applewood. Visit us online at applewood.ca today. Patrick Johnson, no stranger to rink wide. In fact, uh, made a guest appearance, a cameo the day that the Canucks signed Pia Suter a couple of weeks ago. Time marches on. That was, uh, yeah, that was a couple of weeks back. And PJ, we've made it through July. We've made it through August. It's officially hockey season now as we uh, work our way into this uh, Labor Day long weekend and count things down to young stars and, and beyond. Absolutely. It is wild. I mean, it was my kid starts kindergarten next week, Jeff. But you want to talk about time, time advancing quickly? Holy smokes! How did this all happen? But yeah, I, it's exciting. You know, you see the guys out of the rink, and uh, you know, Troy Stetcher's had his thing running out at uh, Minaru, and then they'll have, then they'll have, um, you know, the guys are, you know, we hear we hear about the rink and what's going on at the rink. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. It'll be it's 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 fun times, and it's what we've been waiting for all year. Hey, before the Canucks signed Pia Suter, I, I wondered, we had started to hear names like Brandon Sutter signing a PTO in Edmonton, Sam Gagne is going there as well. The Canucks have a ton of bodies. Do you think that there is any appetite for this organization to bring anybody in for a look-see? We saw Alex Chason a couple of years ago make the team out in uh, Abbotsford, and of course Dan DeKaiser last year up in Whistler. I haven't heard any rumblings, I don't know about you, but do you, do you see an appetite for this group, or should they just stick with what they've got? I mean, there is that question of do they have enough veterans, but I think as you're going into it, you know, like we've talked about, Tanner Pearson's skating, you know, they've got, 
as far as I know, I think they'll have enough veterans. They only have what six preseason games this year, so it's less of a it's less of a stretch in terms of finding all that. They have the split squad game, obviously, to open things. But you know what? They're not the Phoenix Coyotes who have a triple split squad That's between true. Australia and St. Louis, <laughs> and I don't even know where else. Um, I, I don't. I mean, there have been times, I suppose, like the Danny DeKaiser experience, uh, where you're looking at, okay, maybe this is a guy, but. Um, I don't know. I, it, I just, DeKaiser was here obviously last year and I think there was sort of an obvious need potentially for him to fit, but in the end, as we saw, it didn't work out. And I, I'm just not sure that's a route they're really looking to go this year. We heard from Rick talking this week in his uh, Q and a with Ian McIntyre. There were a number of things. Uh, the one that jumped out at me, I guess, or one of the ones was, you know, all these cooks in the kitchen and who's going to be running the power play. Uh, and it is going to kind of be fascinating to see how that all plays out. But for me, it's more about who's on the power play. Look, you're a you're a big brain uh, idea kind of guy. Do you have any appetite to see? Like the question is, how do you fill Bo Horvat's spot, right? And and I do think that that is a big question about the bumper. Uh, I'd like to see Elias Pettersson have the puck on his stick more on the power play. What if Elias Pettersson flipped sides, played the half wall where JT Miller was? And JT Miller became the bumper guy. It's it's an interesting one. It is it's a it's a role that I think people don't always necessarily quite understand. Uh, and it's more than just kind of being the guy in the middle to bounce pucks off of. That job is a retrieval player as well, right? Like that's the guy that needs to go in the corner. And even at the same, and, and Horvat was quite good at that. It was an instinct he had on top of the fact that he had turned himself into quite the the sort of. Uh, tip guy yeah. you know like he had really worked on his hand eye with Adam Oates and, and and his ability to work in the slot there made him such a weapon um, I think people saw that but you know it was about a retrieval job as well it, 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 and so you have to think about that in that regard is JT Miller a retrieval guy is that what you want him doing or would you rather have him net front or would you rather have him in the spot he's been um, these you know, Brock Besser, I think, is an interesting variable in all this. Andre Kuzmenko is an interesting variable in this. You know, where do, where, you know, Kuzmenko is so good in tight, mm-hmm. but those hands are excellent. But could you, is he a guy to put in the bumper? I mean, it, 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 these are the things that I wonder about. I mean, Kuzmenko had one of the things he said early on that he liked quite quickly and quite realized he liked about the NHL arena was the ability of how quickly you get to the net. And, you know, pointing out that you win the puck in the corner, you win the puck in the boards, and all of a sudden you have a chance to score. So, you know, certainly that is how he thinks about the game. Um, but, yeah, it is an interesting one. And, you know, the, the groundwork is there to be a top-five power play unit in the NHL. It has been that at times. A lot of that, of course, was because of the work of Bo Horvat. And that is a whole, uh, certainly on the power play, that they're going to have to figure out how they're going to fill that. Hey, did you see these changes that are coming to Champions League over in Europe with the full two-minute power play, regardless of, whether goals are scored and uh, a short-handed goal would nullify the the penalty kill or the penalty at that point, it's stuff like that's been kicked around, and the NHL is always looking at ways to increase offense. I mean, I, I guess I come at it from a you know I'm traumatized by watching the Canucks penalty kill the last couple of years. The idea of other teams absolutely going to town on them for a full two minutes, but. Can you ever see those types of changes coming to the National Hockey League? The the PK, the, sorry, the the, the the shorthanded goal one, I'm really intrigued by. And actually, Jeff, think about it last year. The Canucks had a terrible penalty kill. 
but they also, if I'm not mistaken, scored the most penalty-killing goals in the NHL last year. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. That's how you solve your problems. You just keep scoring. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think this is a league that, is, in general, has not wanted to tweak with things. You look at other sports, and they are much more... Look at baseball, right? Look how aggressive baseball got in, in tweaking its rules this year. Obviously, the NFL is always trying to figure out how to make things run more quickly, if you will. Um, but... Yeah, I could see changes like that. The two-minute thing, I don't know. That probably probably rubs people the wrong way. Uh, but but I would love, you know, to be honest, I would love to see that shorthanded goal kill in the end of the pile because that, that's like the double advantage, right? Like you're really like, let's go for it. That if you want to talk about ways to uh, uh, sort of juice your offense, that's got to be it. That's 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 a way to do it. I'm all in on that one. Well, it, it's fascinating to me, and I'm with you. I, I prefer the shorthanded week compared rather I'm not sure that I need more power play time and um, I I don't know like to me you take a penalty you have to pay a price and the price is that you're short a man and it gives the other team a chance to score Uh, and we know that good power plays run north of 25 percent so they're scoring once out of every four but the idea of an even more aggressive penalty kill a power kill if you will but at the same time the idea of taking chances and if guys are cheating and looking for shorthanded breakaways against the best players on the other team, I, I still think more often than not, that's probably going to blow up in your face. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, I, I am all about chaos. I think I've said this more than once. Yeah. Um, and I, anything that could bring more chaos. I mean, you look at the kind of a penalty, a two minute penalty is. That's the other thing too, right? Like it's tripping, it's hooking, it's, you know, it's penalties that, you know, should be Puck called over the glass. Puck over the glass. I mean, you know, okay, maybe you have certain certain types of shortheaded goals. You know what I mean? Certain types of penalties. I don't know, but I'm all in on the chaos. I, I think it'd be great. And you know, you should get you take a penalty, you should get penalized for it. Well, if you gave up a goal, you know, as a result of your on the other flip side, you know, you couldn't take advantage of of the situation. You know what? That's on you. That, you got to you got to work harder. You got to figure out a way. Let's get. I want. We've had more goals. More goals are fun. I'm all in on more goals. Hey, we're about three weeks out from training camp in Victoria, so things can and probably will change, and we won't hold you to this uh, as we head into Labor Day weekend, but as we sit here right now, like, what's your single biggest question about the organization heading to training camp? It, the moment you got to organization, I started going, oh boy. <laughs> Um, I think I think in the end it's it's about the team more than anything because I think the team leads to everything else, and if they can find some success, that will bring stability. I think in terms of mentality, in terms of approach, um, and and that start. I mean, it's we saw how bad it was the last two years, how it set them behind the eight ball. You know, by the end of the year, the team playing more closer to the, the team we thought they could be coming into the season, teams that could make the playoffs. Um, but if you're going to be a playoff team, you cannot have as haggard a start uh, as they did the last years. I mean, I still think back to, you know, what, game two in Philadelphia, sitting next to Harmon Dial, and Harm turning to me as, you know, the Canucks went down, we're going down against the Flyers, and just going, I can't do this again. And you know what? Harm's not, Harm wasn't wrong. <laughs> we, lived, we somehow lived through it, but I'm not sure we can live through a third round of this. Um, so for everyone's sake, for the players, the fans, it's us media who I know no one cares about. A promising strong start to the season will do wonders for everyone's mental health, everyone's happiness, everyone's everything. And and just when we think of 
training camp battles and, you know, the old standard that jobs are always available and if guys compete, they're going to find a way to, to keep them. You know, what jumps out to you three weeks out in terms of whether it's player against player or positional battles that you're going to be keeping an eye on? I, it's funny, you know, we always get so caught up in the little things. Oh, what's going to happen on the edge? Are they going to go to, you know, two extra players? You know, how are they going to shake out the defenseman? Is there a spot? I'm kind of, I am curious, but as a side note, this isn't my main point, but as a side note, I am curious about what's going to happen with Jet Wu because there's a guy that does do waivers, obviously, uh, you know, has never played in the NHL, so unlikely he gets picked, but maybe a team's looking for a right-shot defenseman, that kind of guy. I mean, look at Jonah Gadge, which, you know, I think there was a reason why he got picked up, but... Um, he didn't have a ton of NHL experience, and he got scooped up by um, by the San Jose Sharks. So you look at a guy like that. I, I, I at the end of the day, though, I'm really interested to see. You know, is it Pedersen and Kuzmenko again? How do they put that together? Kuzmenko obviously, you know, has been putting it all in, no matter where he's been in the world, trying to get fit and be ready to start the season, and knowing how hard the full season is. Um, I'm really interested to see how that shakes out. And, and what happens with Brock Besser? Where does Connor Garland go? How do those three wingers shake out? That's the thing that I'm most interested in. You know, because in the end, that will tell us what this team sort of, you know, what does Rick talk it? What, is his, what do his bosses think? What is their self-conception of how this team needs to play? And uh, it, it, it obviously a team that can score goals, but it's all about uh, how you put it all together. And if you're, you know, if you're, if you're scoring in bunches, but giving up goals in bunches, uh, it won't really matter all that much. Terrific stuff, PJ. Go have yourself a great Labor Day weekend. Rest up and get ready because September, hockey season. Uh, We'll see you around the rink soon. Can't wait to start figuring out where everyone is. And (laughs) yeah, we'll see you soon next week somewhere, I'm sure. PJ, always a presentation of Jason Hominick, our mortgage man here at Rinkwide Vancouver. And of course, uh, market's heating up. And if you're trying to get into the housing market or if you're up for renewal, I'm sure you've got a thousand questions. Well, guess who's got the answers? It's Jason Hominick. That's what he does. He's the pro. He's been at this for close to 30 years, and you want that experience on your side. Uh, maybe there are ways to get out of your current mortgage. Yeah, it may cost you a penalty, but in the long run, maybe it gets you a better rate, and then you come out ahead. So, again, those are the types of things that he's the expert on. You don't have to be, but uh, it starts with a phone call. Reach out. All of his contact information available on his easy-to-remember website, jason.mortgage. Jason Hominick, the mortgage man here at Rinkwide Vancouver. Our thanks again, Patrick Johnson. He's been a fixture here on Rinkwide Vancouver over the years. I always enjoy talking hockey with PJ. Well, as we said, see him around the rink here uh, very soon. This is such a great time of the year, right? Not only hockey and you're seeing guys coming back to town and more and more over the, the next couple of weeks, and it won't be long before uh, we're all in Penticton for young stars and training camp in Victoria beyond that. But, uh, you know, Vancouver Giants, the junior hockey training camps are starting up. The NFL season just around the corner. They always say in the CFL that, you know, the Canadian Football League season doesn't really start until Labor Day and the Lions in the thick of things. Uh, you got baseball into its stretch run and so many other things. So uh, sports lovers delight. And if you're, you know, trying to assess what's going on around you, maybe you're getting ready for fantasy leagues and all those types of things, uh, check out the Bodog lines. They've got a bunch of futures uh, up now. Uh, when it comes to hockey, and in fact, they have projected the Canucks, their overall point total for the season at 88.5. Of course, last year, 83. We know how dysfunctional the start was. Cost Bruce Boudreaux's job, Thatcher Demko. You know, there's lots of ways, I think, that you can come at this that would uh, suggest the Canucks can 
get above 88 and a half points. So if you think that uh, they're destined for 90 or more, maybe you want to hammer the over on that one. The Canucks to have a 100-point season. All right, uh, maybe getting a little ahead of ourselves here. But Bodog, you can get in at plus 450 right now. If you think the Canucks have what it takes to be a 100-point season, there were 400-point teams in the Pacific Division. That's what they have to contend with. If you think they can join that Century Club, though, uh, you can get some value there at plus 450. The Canucks to make the playoffs, plus 135. So, again, a little bit of value there. And uh, Hey, your call. I've said this before on other shows and on Rinkwide. You know, I, I can certainly paint you a path to the playoffs for the Vancouver Canucks. Like, can they get six more wins than they had last year? Can Thatcher Demko pick up six more wins on his own? I finished with 14 last year uh, with his season that uh, was interrupted, obviously, for the better part of three months. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I, can I see the Canucks? But but the challenge is, as I just said, there were 400-point teams ahead of them in the division. Uh, there are teams, obviously, that think they've improved that will be battling for the wild card. So I'm not going to sit here and make any great proclamation. We'll save our predictions for a, a, a show uh, closer to the start of the regular season. But if you think the Canucks are a playoff team right now, uh, you can jump on them at plus 135 at Bodog. Interesting to see what other people think about what's going on around the league as well. And Bodog, uh, they've posted odds for the team to finish last in the overall standings. Basically, uh, who's in the you know, the lead for the, the Macklin Celebrini, projected to be the first overall pick next year. Uh, San Jose and Anaheim are considered the worst teams in the NHL at the outset of the season, so they'll have something to prove, I suppose. Uh, you can get the Sharks at plus 300, the Ducks at plus 350 when it comes to the worst record and finishing last overall. Uh, I do wonder about a team like Chicago, though. Yeah, they won the sweepstakes and they got Connor Bedard, and I'm fascinated to see how he performs as a rookie. But are the Blackhawks really going to be that much better? Like, they've stripped that thing down. Uh, there isn't a whole lot there. You can get Chicago at plus 750. If you think the Blackhawks are going to stumble, and wouldn't that be something if they get the first overall pick in consecutive years? Uh, and, of course, Macklin Celebrini played uh, for the Chicago Steel, so there's some ties there to the Windy City. Chicago and CBJ, both at plus 750. Montreal in between those two California teams uh, at plus 600. So that's who Bodog figures you're looking at when you're talking about uh, the teams that are going to struggle the most in the National Hockey League this upcoming season. There's all sorts of futures there. Check them all out at Bodog. Uh, all right, we'll be back with another edition of Rinkwide Vancouver next week. Most of the Canucks should be back in town. I'm sure Rick Tockett probably standing out there at arrivals at YVR, you know, clipboard in hand, checking off guys as they show up. But uh, we're into September now. Like, you would expect that you should see some pretty uh, well-attended informal skates uh, wherever the Canucks can get their ice. Uh, training camp is now basically three weeks away, and we're getting there. And, of course, before then it is young stars in Penticton. So hockey season is just around the corner, and we're all looking forward to it here at Rinkwide Vancouver. A reminder, the Bodog is your place for sports odds, poker tips, free casino games. It's time to play. And, hey, can't run before Roy. We thank Trevor Martins helping out once again behind the scenes this week pushing all those buttons uh, that make us sound as good as we do uh, here at Rinkwide Vancouver. Thanks to, to T-Mart. Uh, that is going to do it. Uh, again, thanks to Patrick Johnson stopping by, helping out uh, with the program this week as well. Have yourself a great Labor Day long weekend. We'll catch up with you next week right here on Rinkwide. <laughs>